had given instruction to Moses, the Jews, for the building of the tabernacle and gave them details on how things ought to run as they worship him. Okay? That's everything that they were doing was in their service and worship to the Lord. And that included the clothing of the priests. God gave them instruction as to the attire that the priests, and most importantly the high priest, would wear. On his garments were to be sewn on the hem at the bottom, pomegranates and bells. As you hear, hear us read tonight, a pomegranate and a bell, a pomegranate and a bell, they were to be alternated, and so that was to be part of the, the garment that the high priest would wear that would make noise as he was ministering in the holy place, but more specifically in the holy of holies. And part of that garment, we, we see 36, uh, in verse 36, that uh, the discussion moves away from the priest's robe to something different. They were to create a plate. And on that plate, it was sort of to be a headband or, or part of the, the miter, the crown, so to speak, that the high priest would wear. And that, that plate was to be attached by a ribbon of blue. And that plate was to be inscribed. It was to be engraved. Uh, and uh, it, it stated something so uh, specific so important in the worship that the priest would, would do, that the service that the priest would commit in the holy place and the holy of holies. He had to wear this in there. Every piece of that garment was important, but this was to be on his head, and he had to wear it. This was one specific instruction that he had to wear this miter with this plate engraved on it, holiness to the Lord. He could not and be obedience to the Lord. He could not go into the holy place and into the holy of holies without that inscription on the miter on top of his head. He could not worship and serve the Lord without holiness being carried on his head. The high priest was to be adorned with his crown, which he would wear when it would remind him to declare to all who would see that there was a man consecrated to God wearing the adornment of holiness. The adornment of holiness. Amen. God has something so much better for each of us than the adornments that this world wants to put on us than the adornments that sometimes we want to put on ourselves. The clothing that we put on, the accoutrements of our lives, the, the different things that, that we, we talk about and we're going to get into in our next couple of lessons as far as our, our jewelry, as far as our clothing, as far as uh, makeup and things like that that we're going to talk about from the Scripture. But most importantly, as we have led up to this point, is that we must be adorned with holiness. Holiness is what we need to put on. Holiness not only needs to cover uh, our bodies, but it needs to cover our minds. Holiness must be a mind. 
if it's not on your mind, it will not be on your body. If it's not on your mind, it will not be in your heart. Holiness must be on your mind at all times. And so we as a society, we adorn ourselves with so many things, clothing, jewelry, makeup, plastic surgery, even goes beyond that which we put on. Uh, we buy things we're so proud of, of our purchases. We feel like sometimes uh, we're, that we are given worth by the things that we possess. So it goes even beyond the things that we wear. But we need to understand that it's not our beauty that God is looking at. When you look at David, very familiar with David. David, he, he did not go searching for the, for the prophet. He did not go searching for Samuel. But Samuel came to his house according to God's instruction. And Samuel had all of David's brothers lined up and, and he said, surely this is the one that you want to be king next. Look at how strong he is. Look at how, how handsome he is. And, and Samuel was even taking notice of these guys. These are some good-looking dudes. Surely that this one should be king. And God said no. Because God says, I'm looking for something different than what you are. God is looking on the heart of a man. And so when David comes in, Samuel looks on him and God speaks that that's the one. That's the one. It's not what man sees that God is looking at. But that does not mean that we don't take notice of what man sees either. And we're going to talk about that at some point in the next couple of lessons. But it's not our beauty that God wants. Because when we use our beauty, when we try to make ourselves beautiful, we're not usually doing it for the Lord. We're doing it to get somebody else's attention. Whether you've got a spouse or not, you still want to look good for people around you. But it's not our beauty, our physical attractiveness, that God is interested in. Because you can be attractive in the physical, but ugly in the spiritual. And the way to be attractive in the spiritual is to have the holiness of God. It's not our beauty that God wants. Peter told us in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 3, he said, who's adorning, that means the the accoutrements, think of yourselves uh, as, as a Christmas tree. You put ornaments on your Christmas tree to make it pretty, right? The things that you put on are your ornaments. Whose adorning, he says, let it not be that outward adorning of the plaiting of the hair, the wearing of gold, or the putting on of apparel. We're going to talk more about that in the next couple of lessons, but he says, let it be the hidden man of the heart. When you come to God, you, you put off the old man, 
and you put on the new man. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 22. Paul says that you put off concerning the former conversation the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust, and be renewed, where? In the spirit of your mind. And that you put on the new man. So he's not talking about outward appearance. Put on the new man which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Okay? But that new man is not a new you. It's Christ in you. Or as Paul says to the Galatians, Galatians chapter 3, verse 27, as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. So, I'm trying not to get ahead of myself, but we have to be careful not to distract from Christ in us. We have to be careful not to, to distract from what the Lord and His glory and the beauty of holiness as He shines through us to this world. What do you think God's response to Moses would have been if Moses would have looked at the tabernacle and said, God, you know what? I, I really, I think you can, you can decorate this a little better. God, let's, let's put, some, put some decorations on the outside uh, curtains of the tabernacle. God, I think we can, we can spruce up the inside here too. Let's put some other decorations on the walls and, and hang some things around the holy place. How do you think God would have responded? God had his instruction that he gave to Moses. God's holiness, folks, is good enough. God's holiness is good enough. In fact, anything we do to add to his holiness detracts from his holiness in our lives. It doesn't change God's holiness. It change, changes His holiness in us. So why doesn't He want my beauty? Because you understand that your righteousness, as the Scripture declares, is as filthy rags in compared to His righteousness. You have no holiness in yourself. But when we consecrate our lives to God and we come to Him, repentance and submission in baptism, having our sins washed away, then we can begin to take on the holiness that He gives. Because His holiness is beautiful. When the priest put on that golden headband or that crown, it was symbolic of taking on the holiness of God. You remember what that crown was made of? Say it out loud made of gold gold is symbolic or or a type of deity when we talk about the furniture in the tabernacle pieces of furniture that were wood overlaid with gold wood being a type or a symbol of humanity gold being a type or symbol of deity and different pieces of that furniture exemplify or or are a type of christ god manifest in flesh 
the dual nature of Christ as we sometimes call it. When God had the Jews create the furniture for the tabernacle, you notice that they would, uh, uh, certain pieces would be a wood construction overlaid with gold, type or symbol of the Lord Jesus that was to come. But when the priest would put this crown on, this mitre, uh, he, uh, he was the humanity. You understand that? This is not wood overlaid with gold. This is, this is humanity that cannot put on his own holiness. But he's able to put on holiness that God provides according to God's instruction. Aaron, don't change that crown. Don't try to make it lighter. Don't try to make it prettier. Don't try to make it more manly, whatever you think. Put on the holiness that God has instructed you to put on. If we truly want to make heaven our home and be with Him for eternity, we are not going to get there by our own holiness. We'll get there by God's holiness. In the words of Isaiah, when he saw the Lord high and lifted up, the angels crying, holy, holy, holy. What did Isaiah say? He said, woe is me. I am undone. Why? Because I'm a man of unclean lips and I dwell among a people of unclean lips. In other words, he knew that he didn't belong in the holy place or in the, the presence of a holy God. In Exodus 28, verse 40. I want you to notice this. For Aaron's sons, you shall make coats. So this is not just Aaron, but this is also his sons, which were also going to be priests serving in the tabernacle. For Aaron's sons, thou shalt make coats. Thou shalt make for them girdles and bonnets. Shall they make for them for glory and for beauty. And thou shalt put them upon Aaron thy brother, his sons with him, shall anoint him, anoint them, consecrate them, and sanctify them, that they may minister unto me in the priest's office. And thou shalt make them linen breeches to cover their nakedness from the loins even unto the thighs they shall reach. They shall be upon Aaron, upon his sons, when they come in unto the tabernacle of the congregation, or when they come near unto the altar to minister in the holy place, that they bear not iniquity and die, it shall be a statute forever unto him and his seed after him. It was for glory and for beauty. According to God's instruction, they were to have these robes, these garments, by God's design to cover their nakedness, but also for glory and and for beauty we try far too often to serve the Lord in our own glory and beauty in other words in our own designs in our own ways of doing things when all the while God gives us instruction and we too often resist what God is saying to us and how God is directing us obedience is not complicated it's when we want to insert our own ideas 
that we step into that place of disobedience and not being submitted to the Lord that we get ourselves in trouble. God has a design for holiness that we must follow. That we must follow. When we come into His presence, there's just something about being able to worship the Lord. Knowing that you're clean. That you're free from sin. That you're not burdened by the, the, the temptations that you have given, your, given into yourself. That when you come into the house of the Lord, that, that uh, you, don't, you don't have to unburden yourself first. and You don't have to, to uh, sacrifice yourself at the altar first. But that you can come in and enter into the presence of God and worship in the beauty of holiness, covered by the glory and beauty that God provides you through His holiness. Can we come into His presence declaring our own righteousness and holiness? There's none righteous, the Bible declares, but one. You remember that young lawyer that stood before Jesus? The Bible says that he was justifying himself. Literally, that means that he declared himself righteous. As he stands there before Jesus, God in flesh, the only righteous one, declaring himself righteous. People come trying to justify themselves, to make themselves feel better, but God is not deceived, nor is God naive. We tend to come into worship sometimes with malice in our hearts. We come to worship sometimes with the stain of sin on our hearts. We come sometimes spotted by the world trying to paint our faces with a smile and declaring that everything is good and everything is great. We adorn ourselves with a Bible and with proper attire for church. But are we adorned with holiness? We need to worship, worship and serve in the beauty of holiness. I imagine that high priest Aaron moving among the holy furniture, moving from the, 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 the golden candlesticks as they light that, that room that he is in. And, and as he moves from that place over to the table of showbread, he's moving in the holiness of God. As he's moving from that golden candlestick that, that is a type of the Holy Ghost as that fire burns there, he's moving in holiness. When he goes to that table of showbread and partakes of that bread that's a type of the bread of life, he's moving in holiness. When he goes to that that uh, uh, ark or the table, what a, man, I'm just losing it off the top of my head. The altar of incense, there we go. He goes to that altar of incense. That's a type of, of, of our worship, of our prayers. 
He's moving there in holiness. He's serving in the holy place in holiness. And that's how we need to serve. That's how we need to, to worship. Not just when we come into the house of the Lord, but every day that we live. To be clothed, adorned with the beauty of holiness. To worship in the beauty of holiness. Not in ours, but in God's. David wrote and sang a psalm when he was returning the Ark of the Covenant to Jerusalem in Psalm 29, verse 2. He said, Give unto the Lord glory that is due unto His name. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Give unto the Lord glory that is due unto His name and worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Now, you remember what was happening there? You remember what happened when David got home after bringing the ark into, the, into Jerusalem? His wife chastised him. Boy, you sure made, made a fool of yourself out in front of everybody. What did David say? What was his response? It was unto the Lord. It was unto the Lord. The world may not understand why you live and act and talk and, 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 and respond the way you, that you do. But if you do it in holiness, you don't have to answer to anybody else except the Lord. Oh yes, you're going to probably be ridiculed at times. You're going to probably suffer at times, people mocking you. But, but if, you, if you do it as unto the Lord the accoutrements of this world really won't matter because it's holiness to the Lord. And we're worshiping the Lord in the beauty of holiness. There's a distinct beauty when one comes to worship the Lord in holiness. In 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verse 21, when he had consulted with the people, he appointed singers unto the Lord that they should praise the beauty of holiness as they went out before the army and to say, Praise the Lord, for His mercy endureth forever. Psalm 96, verse 9. The psalmist writes in a little bit different method. He says, Oh, worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Fear before Him all the earth. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Amen. Paul writes to, to Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter 2. Verse 8, I will therefore that men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath and doubting. Lifting up holy hands without wrath and doubting. Amen. There's something about the adornment of holiness. That adornment of holiness was part of the, the garment of of the high priest that allowed the high priest to enter into the holy place and ultimately into the holy of holies to worship and serve the Lord. I want to be able to enter into his presence at any time, at any point, 
Thankfully, because of the blood of Jesus Christ, the way has been made that we can uh, approach the throne of grace to find help in time of need. Thank the Lord for it. But before you get there, you, you need that blood applied to your life. That's, that's how he made the way, is that he is the way. It's through his sacrifice that, that our garments that were stained by sin are washed in his blood. You see, we are created in holiness. As we become and put on the new man, we're created in holiness. But holiness also bears fruit. Holiness bears fruit. In other words, something comes from our holiness. In 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 1, Paul says that having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, doing what? Perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Perfecting holiness in the fear of God. The more we seek to be holy, that's what we've been talking about, is pursuing holiness. The more we seek to be holy, the more we are are able to be cleansed and washed from the filthiness of the flesh and spirit. He writes to the Romans in chapter 6, verse 22, but now being made free from sin becomes servants to God. You have your fruit unto holiness and the end everlasting life. There's something that comes from the holiness that we have from the Lord. Amen. Amen. And so we we pursue holiness. Now I want to we're going to go back in Romans chapter 6. I want to go back a few verses. Verse number 17. Romans 6. But God be thanked that you were the servants of sin but you have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered to you. Being then made free from sin, you became servants of righteousness. Amen. Thank the Lord for His goodness. Verse 19, he says, I speak after the manner of men because of the infirmity of your flesh. And here's his instruction. For just like you yielded your members servants to uncleanness and to iniquity. In other words, how you served or lived in the world with the gusto, with the, with the desire, with the pursuit for the things of the world and of sin, as you gave yourself over to uncleanness and to iniquity unto iniquity, he said, even so now, yield your members' servants to righteousness unto holiness. When you gave yourself to the things of this world, to the sin of this world to the temptations that were before you with that gusto, with that desire, even more so now as you are uh, servants unto, of righteousness unto holiness. Give that pursuit, that hunger, that desire for holiness. So we pursue holiness. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse number 7. God has not called us unto uncleanness. 
that, that, that we can stop right there for a moment. If you, are, if you don't have specific direction from Scripture, well, let me just say you need, to, you need to learn the principles of Scripture. Let me just pause and back, up that, back that up. You need to learn the principles of Scripture. Because far too often we're trying to get away with things. You remember what we, we talked about legalism when it comes to holiness? We're trying to get away with things. What's the, what can I do just to get by? That's a form of legalism. In fact, that's probably the most practiced form of legalism. And so he says, he says God hasn't called us to uncleanness. So if you're, if you're worried that this is going to take you toward righteousness or to uncleanness, if you're not sure if this is of God or not of God, what, what's going to take you closer and further toward holiness? He's not called us to uncleanness, but unto holiness. Unto holiness. Be holy. I am holy. When we pursue holiness, what is it that we're pursuing? We're pursuing God. In other words, He's calling you unto Himself. Our overall text for our series, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 14. Follow peace with all men and holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. Amen. Like the priests of old, we can wear this crown of holiness. We are, after all, a royal priesthood and holy nation. Why? That we should show forth the praises of Him who has called us out of darkness and into His marvelous light. Man, I have a hard time not getting excited every time I hear that scripture. Amen. You are a royal priesthood, a holy nation. And you are designed to show forth the praises of God in your life. We must be adorned with the beauty of holiness that we may worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. If you're walking in holiness, you can be sure the presence of the Lord will be with you as you minister, as you witness, as you reach for the lost, as you're going through the struggles and the hard times of your life. But it starts here and it starts now. Being committed to holiness. Holiness in the heart as well as our clothes and our hair. Holiness is something that doesn't just happen. It is a pursuit. Amen. I'm going to wrap this up here in just one moment. Holiness is to be a constant reminder, just as that crown, that mitre was on his head. It is to be a constant reminder of our separation from the world and dedication unto God. You remember in Deuteronomy chapter 6, what is, what, what, somebody quote verse number 4 for me. Right, hero Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. But you continue on down through, ver through uh, chapter 6, 
And God begins to say, you know, that you need to teach this to your kids. And yet when you rise up in the morning, when you lie down at night, when you go through your day, he said it's going to be like frontlets between your eyes. Anybody know what that's like? I, I wish I, maybe sometime I'll make a, make a thing uh, to kind of hang on my head to illustrate it. I'd look kind of goofy. But it's, it's supposed to be something that you put on your head and it hangs, dangles between your eyes. And, and it's a constant reminder as you move. Because it's always in your vision. It's to remind you when you think about God, that He is one. It's supposed to remind you everywhere you go and every day you live, every interaction you have with somebody. There's one God. Us, frontlets on your eye, between your eyes, constantly reminding you who you serve and to whom you belong. And so it is with this crown of holiness that we put on. It should remind us continually who it is that you serve and to whom you belong. That crown of gold, gold is not light. But that crown of gold was to be a weight. That weight as a reminder. That weight always helping him to keep on his mind holiness to the Lord. When you're confronted by temptations, even something that is uh, just carnal, I say just carnal or worldly, your holiness is there to remind you that you are purposed for a different land a different kingdom. That holiness, when you're confronted with temptation, that holiness is to be a weight on your mind that, you know what, I'm purposed for something different. That I, I, I want to be able to worship. I want to be able to go into the presence of God. I want to be able to serve Him. And if I, if I, if I do this, then, then, then I have to take that miter off. I can't wear that crown of holiness if I'm going to give in to my temptations of sin. And so that crown is designed to remind you that you are not your own. There's a higher purpose and a higher calling as you step in to that place of worship and worship in the, in the beauty of holiness. It needs to be that constant reminder that you're not of this world. In spite of comforts and ease, that is found in this world, holiness reminds you that the pleasures of sin are only for a season. Amen. But, if we follow the instruction of the Lord and worship Him and serve Him in the beauty of holiness, then He invites us into His presence. And in that place of His presence, there is mercy. Praise God. In that place of His presence, there is provision. There is instruction. In that place of His presence, there is authority in the Spirit. In that place of His presence, there is relationship. That's what God said, is that every year when that high priest would go in, is that God would commune with Him from above the mercy seat. Let's pray tonight. God, we love you so much. Thank you, Lord, for your presence. Thank you, Lord, for your holiness that you give to us. God, not as something that we earn, 
not as something that we even really develop, especially not of ourselves, but that, God, that you give it to us, that you provide it to us, that, that your holiness is the weight on our mind to help us, Lord, to serve you, to walk with you, to worship you in the beauty of holiness, not adorned by the things of this world, not adorned in our lives, Lord, by, by the accoutrements that we can put on, but, God, simply by your holiness, we are beautiful. Simply by your holiness, God, we are able to serve and live for you. And God, I pray, help us to understand that we don't need anything else. That in fact, anything that we add, God, is simply a distraction and a detraction from your holiness in our lives. I pray, Lord, be glorified in us. Just like you were of Aaron and his sons as they put those garments on for glory and for beauty. That what we put on the righteousness and holiness that you provide. Lord, that we would be beautiful in your eyes and that this world would see us, God, and understand that we belong to you. I pray, Lord, be glorified in us as we continue this week, as we go out into the world and the people around us. I pray, Lord Jesus, let, let, let your spirit shine through us. Let your holiness, Lord, be revealed in us. We give you praise and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you tonight. Thank you for joining us. Amen. Come back on Sunday. Amen. We're going to have the